Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. Vic, what are you doing on the 27th of April? I'm busy, Hamish. Oh, what are you doing? I'm going to be part of the Sober Awkward Live show. Of course you are. Can I come? Mm, no. Oh. No, actually, you are invited. You are part of the show. We probably better get rehearsing, actually. That's a good point. It's going to be an absolute shit fight. <laughs> yeah, it's actually sold out. What? Yeah, so exciting. But the good news is that you can now go onto our Cuppa community and buy tickets to the live stream. They're just 10 bucks. See you there. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? 
Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. We're all going on a summer holiday. No more working for a week or two. There's a there's a talent that you don't have and should never do again. The mouth trumpet. The mouth trumpet. Um, you did also mention, we should say that we have been here for an hour and a half, and this is the first 20 seconds that we have recorded. Few technical issues. Yeah, we had to call Annalyn. Had to call the big guns in, didn't we? We did have to call the big guns yeah. in. Then we had your dog Sandy come in and throw up on the carpet. Yes, yeah, so we're actually sitting next to a small pile of vomit. Yes. Yeah, which is lovely. This is the quality of this show, you know. Isn't it? And we try the, and keep it high. In the first take that we did, which didn't record, you told me a story that your mum had actually been on a date with Cliff Richard, and he may or may not be your dad. Yeah, that is true. Which is a big one. Yeah, I do look a bit like Cliff Richard. Based on your mouth trumpet, you've not inherited his His musical prowess. (laughs) My poor dad. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, sorry, Vic's dad. I'm sure you'd be a great dad too. Yeah, if you were a real father. (laughs) Oh dear, we're singing Summer Holiday for a reason, aren't we, Hamish? Because, well, it's not really summer, but there are some Easter holidays coming up. Is that correct? Correct. And if that means that if you are in Australia... Generally, people go camping, don't they? They do. They go yeah, camping. Yeah, that's the, that's the big oh, thing to do here. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're talking about. Well, it's 100% what we're talking about today, isn't it, Hamish? Well, I've always found it confusing because basically what camping means is you pack up your sleeping bag, you leave your comfortable home, and then you go sleep on the dusty floor or in a sweaty caravan in the seething Australian heat. <laughs> And yeah. you pay for it. And you pay, pay for it. to not be yeah. in your house. You may as well go and pay to be in a penitentiary in America and be locked in the hole because I can imagine that. At least you get three meals a day delivered through a little yeah. passage. That is a little passage. Yes, a good old golden <laughs> okay. passage. I'm going to let that slide. Yes. I think you've got to watch your passage in places like that. <laughs> I can't say, Hamish, that I've ever understood how camping is really such a popular thing. Yeah, now today's episode is not one where we're going to debate the pros and cons of camping. In this episode, we're going to take a deep look under the sleeping bag. Mm, well done, well done. Very good to you, done. Yeah, stop it. Thank you. Stop being camp as well, please. Okay, bingo. No, enough of that. We're going to find out why camping and alcohol have been locked in such an unhealthy and toxic relationship for so long. Now, although it may come across as bizarre and crazy to you, Vic, I actually think camping is a fantastic way to spend Easter or any other time in your life, really. Just because it might have a tradition as soaked in alcohol as your grandpa's underpants, this should not be a reason to give it up when you kick the booze. Hmm. You all need to get your heads checked, in my opinion, Hamish. But seriously, the idea of going camping while sober can be a daunting idea. We hope by the end of today's episode, you might feel more prepared taking on that challenge head on. Right Now, I know that it was in the last series that I did the challenges every couple of weeks, but I think it would be hilarious for you and I to go camping as a mm. challenge. Uh, we could set up microphones, we could set up cameras, we could film the whole thing. I would love to put you in the outback, in a campground, and just watch you struggle to survive. Watch me suffer. Well, basically it, watch you suffer, yeah. Yeah, it would like to be an episode of Alone or Idiot Abroad, wouldn't it? That's just it. Me looking grumpy in various places. That's That sells. Both of those shows sell. Yes, that would actually be a good programme. <laughs> I would rather eat a mountain of cow pats, Hamish, than oh. go camping with you, I'm afraid. 
Nice. Now, I know that I might be coming across a little harsh to Vic here, but those of you that either know her or have listened to this podcast since the start will know her dirty little secret when it comes to camping. You're always revealing my dirty secrets, aren't you, Hamish? That's what this this whole podcast is. Yeah, basically this podcast started. I get to know you (laughs) off air. I bring your secrets on air and tell the world. It's mean. It's a type of bullying almost. <laughs> Tell us your dirty little secret about camping. What, the one where I always pee on the tents next to me? No, no, not that one. No. Oh. <laughs> that was okay, then we'll keep that revealed. one a secret then. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I hide spiders in my children's tents so they want to go home early. No, no, you're a psychopath. No, yeah. not that. That's not fair. Uh, I think I know what you're digging at here, go Hamish. On. You mean the fact that I set up a tent and then leave after the kids disappear and I go off and sneak home. Yes. Yes. I do do this. <laughs> this is this is true. This is not a joke. No. You've done this for some time. Yeah. So I only <laughs> allow my family to camp in a five mile radius of my home. And they have not cottoned on to this yet. They have not. The children have not cottoned on. I'm there. I give them a cuddle. I kiss them goodnight. I hand them their teddy, zip up their sleeping bag. I'm out. Piss I am off. wheel spinning out of the campsite. It's sad, isn't it? Because actually your family quite like camping. They so love you it. have to do this all the time. Yeah, I, they love camping and I don't. So Question. therefore I pretend to them that I like it and I'm there for however long I have to be there and then I leave. My question to you is this. Do you come back early before they wake up and like ruffle your hair a bit, not wash, and then be like, oh, great night's camping last night? Yes. <sighs> What time? Because you're little kids. What time do you have to set your alarm here? Early. Drive five miles to a campsite. Early. And lie. Yeah. I just get up early, have my coffee, snuggle in bed on my own for a bit, yeah. make the most of it, and then I'm back by the time they wake up. <sighs> Morning. Mummy's up early. The deceit. Does anyone like a cup of tea? Yeah. Gosh, she slept well. She's pretty fresh. Yeah. No, you're bubbly. <laughs> they don't notice. They're selfish. They're just thinking about themselves. Yeah. yeah. Little pricks. <laughs> Anyway, this seems like a good place to start. Not with the fact that your kids or family are pricks. Yeah. Um, but I'll pull you up on that one later. <laughs> Let's instead start by hearing about your experiences of camping through the years. Your journey to hating camping. So I sat down and thought about this and I laughed my head off because mm. I couldn't believe with the amount of things I could come up with why I don't like camping. Okay. So... There are many reasons. Long episode. First of all, long episode. I'm going to go through them very quickly. (laughs) Shuffling to the toilet and back with shampoo bottles. Yep. With a horrible manky dressing gown on that's half falling off and dropping the bottles and having to pick them up. Hate that. Mm -hmm. When I get to the shower, I don't like strangers' hair in plug holes. And the fact they have those gutters where people probably wee and it's probably just wee running along the back. Those are both fair. They're fair, aren't they? Don't like those things. Washing up, don't like that. Changing massive batteries in torches. I don't like the sound that they make. (laughs) You know that weird sound with massive batteries in torches? Oh, it makes me feel sick. I find that satisfying when I know I've got them in the right way around. (laughs) Yeah, you never... Who has those massive batteries (laughs) spare once the torches run out? Most people use phone torches these days as well. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, fair Um, enough. And also, washing up, you do at home anyway. So I'm not having that as an excuse. Oh, the washing up. So how do you eat every day? Well, you do the washing up, but you've got to do the washing up at home anyway. You should go dishwasher, or your husband does it with okay, your wife. Yeah, 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 no, dishwasher, fair, fair. Modern living. <laughs> <laughs> Cars, that's the other thing. So my children are young, they're running around. I am very nervous about them being run over by a car. So the whole time I'm like, car, car, I'm yeah. standing up, car, there's a car coming. And I just fear their death, their imminent death, yeah, which most mothers do. Fair. Animals, snakes, rodents, spiders, <laughs> hot coal injuries. 
So I think they're going to tread on a fire that's gone out. It's mm. another thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's another worry. This is annoying because I wanted to just shoot down all these excuses, but and these are all good, valid. All valid yeah. I'm good to think maybe I go, don't there's like more. camping. There's more, there's <laughs> more. Go on, go on, go on. Tripping over tent ropes. Very true. But, <laughs> yeah. Actually, you've got to realise you hate camping. Yeah, you're going to turn me. <laughs> I'm going to turn you. Hot tent in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Cooking utensils that are joined together. Creepy. Oh, no, I like that. I like that. I used to have a knife, fork and spoon Ugh. that kind of looked like Lego and Ugh. they could click together. Makes me feel vomit. I feel, feel vomit what saying hello. sporks? How do you feel about sporks? Sporks makes me feel sick as well. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> metal cups, like scraping fingers down a blackboard. Mm. Teeth on metal cup That's in true. the morning. Gross. And the inside chips away over, yeah. the t- over time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blow up beds. I shoot up in the air when my husband comes to bed. So even if I go to bed earlier than him, he gets on, I shoot up in the air. It's like a cannon, like those people firing, get fired off in cannons. It's bad for your confidence if you're the one lower down, isn't it? You know, okay, I clearly weigh more than you and it's very abundantly clear with you two metres higher than me in a bar mattress. Yeah. Lack of sleep on the first night means I'm basically moody all weekend. Yep. You've never done that in years. When was the last time you actually slept in the tent? It was about two years ago. Yeah, so you sleep great camping now. Yeah, so I was, that, that yeah now stated. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Dust, mud, sand, mosquitoes, wombats, rain, heat, camping chairs, fishing shirts. All of those things I hate. <laughs> I've done roughing it, Hamish. Yeah, you're laughing at me. It's all true. I prefer a thousand ply bed sheets and the optional massage. Yeah. That's what I want on holiday. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be scrabbling around in the dirt. There is nothing I like, especially the all day drinking. It's just not my cup of tea. What, firstly, great TED talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Secondly, uh, what, you pride yourself on being a traveller for years and years, your 10 years of your life. Yeah. And now you are bed threads. Yes. At what point did you become too good? for the rest of us that like roughing it and camping. I just think I've done my fair share of it. No, it's true. I do. I feel yeah. superior by just saying like, I, I've actually got boundaries now, I've realised, since being sober. I have boundaries and I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And yeah. camping is something I go, my time is over. <laughs> it's time for me to go to a resort, sit by a pool and read my book. Yeah. I do not want to be clearing up after people with dirty feet, with injuries and with horrible animals creeping around okay it's enough it's done okay those annoyingly those are all really good these are really good ones thank you so i've gone from really liking camping at the start of this episode mm. i'm now midway neutral okay okay good yeah so right. now i'm gonna list the reasons i love it in the hope that i get back over the line okay and see if you can sway me I'm by gonna, any of these yeah, yeah. All right, you, you hate it 10 out of 10 i reckon in the next two minutes i can get you to a nine or an eight out of 10 all right go on then okay so for me, it started at UK music festivals. Admittedly, that is not the mecca of camping. Um, I mentioned a story before on the podcast where the first time I did it was at Creamfields where we had to leave a night early because people started lighting tents. Oh, God, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you're, not, you're not endearing me. No, right so it's a bad start. You're, you're, you just hate it 11 <laughs> out of 10 now. But no, I guess for me, I really started camping in Africa. So it was 2009 and I travelled from Kenya to Cape Town over two and a half months. and It was all camping. And I fell in love with it then. And I'll, I'll list you some reasons why. Okay, campfires. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. Cooking and cleaning up as a team. You know, there's a lot of sort of team stuff going on when you go camping together. Yeah. Everyone chipping in. I quite like that. Storytelling. Stargazing. Great stargazing. I believe, and this is not the norm, that you can make a tent incredibly snug. You do need the right kit. You need a good blowout mattress. Maybe bring your own duvet from home. Mm-hmm. I found that quite good recently. Bring your own pillow from home. 
crucial. I spent two and a half months camping with one of those neck pillows oh, yes. from a flight, and then I put my t-shirts in the middle. Yeah, to make it whole. Yep. Not great. Um, it was sometimes scary that trip because we we would literally camp in the middle of a national park. Wow! So you go, oh, there's a lion. Oh, there's a hippo, and then they'd stop the car and go, right, everyone out. And we had a girl, an Aussie girl, actually, on that trip with us, who is a sleep screamer. Oh, never heard of that. I know, nor had I. So you're sleeping on edge because you're in the middle of a national park. And then, and she's then screaming. in the tent next to you, she starts screaming. Yeah. So she's, is she having a nightmare? I don't know exactly. It's just a thing. It's a thing. So never no one wanted to share a tent with her. Her sister had to. Well, yeah. did, she, did she do it every time she saw your face? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, oh, she right. was scrolling through photos of me. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's, there's, you know, some good things, some bad things. I actually, interesting you name shampoo. I think if you're camping, and this will be a bit controversial, you never really own your shampoo. So I'm okay with using the shampoo that gets left in the shower, mm. and then I will leave it for the next person. So I think there's quite a nice communal sharing idea about shampoos to save you carrying around shampoo. Okay, it's a good tip. I don't know if that's actually a rule. Maybe I'm just stealing people's shampoo. Yeah, I think you are. And now admitting to it. I did a lot of camping through northern Spain and into the south of France. It's like a, a cycling camping trip. And we would just sleep in fields and then pack up and go the next morning. Lovely. That was quite fun. That yeah. actually does have a saying that I've learned. I camped across America. I drove the width of America twice. So from the east to the west, down the west coast and back to the east. And the phrase, I think it's the phrase, this might be well known or not, for wild camping is boondocking. Right. Boondocking is good because you don't pay. Okay. And you do it at wonderful places, in the middle of a field, on a beach. Hmm. Quite fun. I noticed that these camping tales, like my good camping tales, which Mm. I will go into in a minute, they're before children. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a that's a key feature here, I'd mm. say. Yeah. Well, I've only done it once since children. Okay, so they're before children and they're with alcohol, which I think we'll discover okay, a bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll so all, that. so any ca- tent is cosy when you've drunk two bottles of wine. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. Annoyingly, yeah. that is fair. Because yeah. since moving here, I've done lots of it with Liz around New South Wales, Fraser Island, Tasmania, and then WA at Christmas was maybe. The first time I've done it with kids and definitely the most challenging, most stressful. Right, there we go. Luckily, I have a baby, so no, like, running around on bikes and scooters. Yeah. But the family, we did it with a lot of panic about cars. Yes, the cars. So cars is fair. I am going to stick with it. I want to do it with my family. I think it's a good thing to teach kids to, like, make your own fun and rough Mm. it. But... I understand all your points and I might, my enthusiasm might wane as I have more shit camping experiences. Well, I think there's a bit of a difference between camping in a national park in Kenya mm. than going down the road to some rough campsite yeah. with loads of kids on scooters going around. Well, like, what I've noticed... stargazing in the Serengeti yeah. <laughs> is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, what I've noticed there, all of my good experiences are camping trips as a whole okay whereas you've gone nitty gritty like the walk from the tent to the loo (laughs) we're holding so i think maybe the nitty gritty is crap yes but the whole when you look back on the holiday as a whole and it's sugar-coated you think it's a good time okay yeah yeah so i wonder if we put you into that those experiences again you'd be like oh fucking hell i've got to carry my shampoo and like oh hot coals but you remember it as with sort of joy because it's like a the halcyon days of Mm. camping i was also drunk for all of those except for that last one okay there we go go. so we'll get into that yeah all right Haim. so we might not be able to agree on whether camping is fun or not but we certainly can agree when it comes to the role alcohol plays in a camping weekend. Absolutely. I reckon if you ask a drinker what the most important things to bring camping would be, they'd say alcohol, tent and a sleeping bag, probably in that order. Yep. And the esky full of grog, mate. Sure. 
Yeah, that was my Australian accent You've right there. You lived here for how long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the selling points on camper vans here in Australia is to do with their fridge storage capacity mm. or whether a large esky can fit into the boot of a car. The image of a set of campers in camping chairs with their eskies beside them is all you see on most campsites. And I remember, Hamish, when I had a camping chair, I had a double chair, which was like I had to get the stuff right because I wanted yeah. to enjoy myself. And the bit I loved about my chair was that it had a slot for a wine glass. Yeah. It had a little stem holder. Yes, and I was like, oh, look at my camping chair. It's got a wine holder. That was the feature I was after. I've seen the ones where you zip a bit of the arm and it's got almost like a cold bag inside oh. in it. Yeah. So you could keep an unopened beer in there and it keep cool. Right, so that's kind of exactly what we're looking at yeah. here, isn't it? It's yeah. like even everything to do with camping is designed to keep your drinks cold and for you to be able to drink alcohol. You said that your camp- camping chairs, what you hated about camping, but you had a pretty good one. I did have a good one. Well, I was drinking at the time, so anything was good then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be drunk anyway, so I'm going to drink away all, all of the things listed above. Yeah. Despite it weighing a tonne to carry booze into the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere... Very little will stop a camper from bringing alcohol along with them. And let's face it, alcohol is the tip of the iceberg. People get high when they go camping. This is a bit of a surprise to you. Yeah. Maybe I'm just operating in the wrong circles. Yeah. But a lot of people smoke weed at campsites. A lot of people will bring hallucinogenics as well. I'm surprised by that. I've never heard of that, Hamish. Like yeah. I, I'm surprised that people do that on campsites, but I guess people do everything everywhere at certain points don't they i would obviously argue that camping is so crap that people feel the need to get off their heads to just get through it but i'm not completely unbiased it does seem strange that given the fact that going camping is very much about immersing yourself in nature that we all bring a little man-made toxin to somehow add to this experience yeah and somehow it's that same thing that we discuss a lot hamish isn't it about making an experience more enjoyable which is what we're always trying to do with alcohol is to top it top it up, top up our personalities and make each experience more enjoyable than it is. And the question is, why do we do that as a, yeah. as a human race? Of course. Yeah. So we've come up with some reasons why, haven't we? Why we use booze when camping. Do you want to get us off with the first one? Yeah, so boredom, of course. Mm. There is nothing to do, so might as well fill the day with drinking. So I would argue there's actually loads to do camping, but people are generally lazy, particularly when they're on holiday. So just sitting and drinking is easier than like creating games or running around the campsite meeting people. So we just go, sweet, in the shade, sit down, get going with the booze. And I suppose that's a form of relaxation. People go, well, I want to go on holiday, I want to relax. And something I notice here in Australia Mm. is the guys, you know, they get their chairs out, their camping chairs like the ones I discussed, sit them on the edge of the water, have their feet Mm. in with all their mates and start cracking open the beers at 9am. True. Actually, I reckon I probably did... Camp chair down and start drinking before the tent. Like the tent is going right. to take some time and a yeah. bit of stress. Need some breaks. So let's just at least do it sober and then it gets later and later and then you're doing it in the dark. Yeah. yeah. And basically, yeah, sleeping under a broken tent. And especially those tents, those sunshade tents for kids. Like one of my favourite pastimes is to watch parents, new, new parents, trying to fold one of those back into the bag. Yeah. It's hours of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I tell you about the time... Liz's dad bought us a blow-up bed for home, like yeah. a proper double bed, blow-up bed. Right. And we hadn't used it yet, but we brought it camping, like double bed camping, nice. as good as it gets. Yeah. Anyway, we got to the campsite, put up our tent. You needed a plug to use the, ca- the blow-up tent. And right. obviously we're in the middle of a campsite. So we walked around the whole site seeing if anyone had a solar panel. 
somebody did blow up on thing and it didn't fit inside the tent. It was massive. It was the exact size of the tent. So right. eventually, like, if we squeezed up the sides, we could yeah. get it in. Yeah. And I slept. I've got a big nose, but I slept with my nose on the roof of the tent. <laughs> it was exactly the size of our tent. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was a shocker. Oh. Um, which brings us on to tent sleeping. Tent sleeping, exactly. Probably one of the biggest reasons people get drunk whilst camping. Yeah. Usually, usually, might even be generous, tents are less comfortable than your homes. Definitely. So, like we discussed in our last episode, or the episode before was about sleeping, getting drunk can help you fall asleep, but the quality of sleep is often worse. And also you wake up, but that if you've really been drinking and you have that 3am wake up where you have to kind of crawl out of the tent, have a glass of water and urinate, yeah. it's not easy, is it? Yeah. It's not as easy as stumbling to the bathroom. That is fair. Yeah. I would also say, although drinking heavily can help you fall asleep, Waking up hungover in a sweaty tent is a pretty bad place to wake up. Very bad place mm. to wake up. Then there's food. Camping means barbecuing. And if you're British, barbecuing means burning all the food. Of course. Getting drunk helps cover the taste of this abomination. Yeah, that is true. In Tasmania, Liz and I made sausages on bread for every meal for right. the whole of our Tasmanian <laughs> trip. We didn't actually know that there was more interesting things you could make when camping so if you are going camping make sure you go camping with someone who knows how to cook yeah ideally not a british person trying barbecue i think men and barbecues is almost a whole other episode it is, isn't it? yeah. it's a kind of territory isn't it mm. it's like this is my barbecue this is my domain i know men feel v- real pride over their barbecuing don't they well in our house it's the opposite I'm very open about i'm not good at barbecuing right. i don't know what i'm doing i will either burn it or undercook it Liz has to take the reins. Although last weekend we did a barbecue at ours and for some reason I ended up doing it. And it was all right? It was, oh no, uh, actually. Was that the food poisoning? That was the food poisoning, yeah. Yeah. So we had had three people over and all three of them are sick now. Right, okay. So you are rubbish at barbecuing. I wish, I'm glad you admit to it because John goes into the barbecue Mm. sort of cocky, you know? He's there with his meats, you know, he's got his tongs and everything and he's quite cocky with it, but Mm. he still burns everything. But he sort of feels like it's okay because it's his domain. It's really annoying. Yeah. I'd rather just stick it in the oven. I do think sausages generally are difficult to cook. Mm. Generally, they burn. Whereas I think maybe a steak or an eggplant aubergine. Are you talking a thick sausage? <laughs> I like to just prick it yes. before before burning it. Yeah, I really do like a thick sausage. Yeah, yeah. A thick pricked juicing sausage. Oh yeah, juicy one. Big yeah. thick juicy sausage. Yeah, yeah. Spicy. German. 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 Ideally German. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love. By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message. By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. God, yeah, so many things, aren't there? Intense, pun intended, family time, similar to Christmas, sitting around, filling time, playing card games and trying to keep the kids from eating worms and doing what the hell they do. One of the things my kids do was pick at a wombat that had been run over. Yeah, all these kids were standing around. It had only just been killed and they were, oh, look at the dead wombat, look at the dead wombat. 
Yeah. What? Did I say wombat? It was yeah, you said a, wombat. Yeah, it wasn't a wombat. It was one of those things that lived in trees, fluffy thing. Bird? No, not, not a koala. <laughs> didn't have wings, didn't have a beak. Fl- fluffy thing. Yeah, bat? No. <laughs> didn't, couldn't, can't fly. Uh, it's got a long chicken. tail. They have a lot of them in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a big lizard. Possum, possum. Oh, possum. Yes, dead possum, but dead possum, yeah. Picking okay. at its bones and stuff. Yeah, that's and then grim. It's gross. They're gross when they go camping. That's They're a bit worse like than the, ever. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer show. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Let's not get into Sick, that. Sick, yeah. Yeah, it, um, it can be stressful. It's I, really stressful. I understand that. And actually putting up and putting down tents, particularly in Australia, where it's either sunny and too hot, or when it rains here, it really, really rains. And mm. it's miserable putting up or putting down a tent. Actually, you've hit a point there, which I didn't mention earlier, Hamish, is that the risk of camping in the weather's bad, mm. it's too high. So you book something weeks ahead in advance, book your spot... And then you, the weekend comes along, it rains all weekend. It's a total disaster. Yeah. Okay. I think you need to go from tent camping to camper van camping. I think you need to make no, the transition. I could tell you about the time I went through um, New Zealand in a VW camper van. Yeah. It was like being in a coffin for two weeks. We were all shoved in the back like sardines. It was awful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to listen to this episode and want to book a camping no, trip. No, don't go. Don't do it. That's my no. advice. No. Cute uh, hostels on nice, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, in, all inclusive. Yeah, five star resorts. Yeah, with chefs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the final reason that people drink a lot when camping is tradition. It is what is done. It is what's seen on plenty of ads on booze. We talk a lot about ads on TV. A lot of booze ads. This might just be in Australia. Are at campsites, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. Sunset in a camp chair. Cracking a beer. Yes, come on, mate. We're going camping. This is like BCF. Come on, mate. Come for a beer, mate. <laughs> come on, matey. That's it. <laughs> Australian. I've lived here five. You've lived here twenty. We're not good at our Australian no. accents. We do apologise. Come on, mate. Crack up a beer and drop me on the surf, mate. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. <sighs> when you went camping in your drinking years, how large a part did the booze play in those trips? The last really boozy um, holiday I had was a camping trip to Perth when George was a little baby. Yeah. He was probably one and a half. We went down the west coast. Mm-hmm. And I bought a posh bottle of wine every single day. And it was my thing on that holiday. John got some beers. I got a bottle of wine. When the kit, when George went to bed, we would sit on our camp chairs and drink them. Yeah. And we did it every night. Mm-hmm. And I sort of disguised it as, oh, this, this is my camping thing that I do. And this is what I do every single night. And I necked a whole bottle of wine every single night yeah. on that holiday. I look back now and I can't believe that I did that. Mm. And me and John were in charge of a baby. And, you know, I didn't think of it as being absolutely normal i thought well everyone else is doing it mm. everyone at the campsite was doing it so therefore i did too western australia is dangerous to go camping like i learned at christmas in that all the campsites and the yes. whole of wa is amazing wine country of course so yeah. you, it's difficult to drive from one campsite to another without going past yeah. a vineyard like it's very tempting for people that 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 drink and very annoying for people that don't all yeah. of that sort of culture I realise now that I had anxiety each day of that holiday because I drank a whole bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And then by 5pm, I was ready to drink away that anxiety. So it was like this vicious circle. I look back at that now and can see it. But of course, at the time, I thought it was perfectly mm. normal. Um, also, I had a period of my 
life where I lived in a converted ambulance. So when I say I've had my time of roughing it, Hamish, I really have. Yeah. I used to walk down to the Dordoyne River every morning and wash my hair in the river. And then I'd r- drive my car and my camper van to a market and I'd work at a different market in a different medieval village every day. I did it for five years. So it was a big chunk of my life. And I did. I lived in this, this old converted ambulance. It was an amazing time. And I used to open the back out of it and, you know, I'd be over a lavender field. It was yeah. really beautiful and it had its highlights but the beer and wine of course in France are really really cheap and there was loads of duff parties in farmers fields it was like a real techno scene all my French mates were all into kind of like you know going to parties every weekend and I just went with the flow I just joined in but a lot of my time living in France was spent inebriated because that's what everyone else was doing I did so much drinking during that time and especially because I was next to the wine guy well, all I'm thinking here is how many medieval festivals are there in France? Oh my God, you there are so many. You lost me at medieval festival in France. Right? Yeah. You do, every weekend, there's a different medieval Well, festival. there's medieval villages and there's always festivals going on and markets. Oh, so it's like it. a non-stop. You can tour around one very small area and go to a morning market, a night market, and then there's usually like something else yeah. going on in the next village. So when you say you're next to the wine guy, do you mean the mead guy? Yeah. <laughs> are you drinking a lot of mead during this time of your life? Mead? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's what you drink at medieval Beaujolais, festival. darling. Oh, classy. Yeah. yeah, really. Well, it sounds classy, but it wasn't when it's necked in about two <laughs> yeah. seconds. Everyone, I, there was one situation I remember I went to a party with all of my French friends and I got really, really drunk and I can't remember anything and no one ever treated me the same again. Okay, something went down. I have no idea to this day what happened, but everybody looked at me very strangely from that day forward. If you are listening to this podcast and yes. you were at that party yeah. for our French listeners... Do not email. You've got to email. No, no. You've got to do just not send, email. send in a voice I note. do not want to know what I did. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear. It might land on my oh, email. Send it crazy. to me directly, not to our yeah. joint one. So that was a big French camping time. So yeah, a lot of alcohol was drunk. There was a time I rode a camel into the Sahara and slept in a Bedouin's tent. Yes. Um, drank a lot. Was very strange experience because it was quite scary because it was, was just on? in the middle of nowhere. There were camels. There was drumming. I went into some sort of trance. <laughs> Why, where were you on your way to though? I was in Morocco. Okay. Yeah. So you just went into the desert, one night camping, came back. Yep. Pointless. Yeah, I was with a horrible boyfriend who got bitten by a dog and Not. had to go and get a rabies injection, which I was quite happy yeah, about. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad to hear. <laughs> May um, he rest in peace. Funny enough, Hamish, the the times where I that I remember as a child before drinking was involved were camping holidays to mm-hmm. France with my family. They are my fondest memories as a kid. Yeah. So before drinking, I did actually have some enjoyable camping periods. Camping for me always involved alcohol since then, um, whether it was afternoon beers, sunset wines, or late night hard liquor, which you always get into, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Camping was just another drinking environment for me. Clark Blanche to get twisted. Interesting. We actually should have done this episode with like children because... A child's experience of camping is very different to an adult's experience. So Unless different. you're sober, pretty much everyone's drinking at a campsite. Yeah. The percentage of people drinking at a campsite must be through the roof if they are adult age. But Everybody. No kids do. So what, yeah, what are, what Ca- are kids' stories like? The kids are just loving it. Yeah. They're just loving life. They're just loving everything about camping, mm-hmm. aren't they? It's so strange that it changes for us and then we, that joy is sucked out and we just sit in a chair drinking all day. It's annoying. Yeah. Did you spend many nights camping off your rocker home? I was going to bring in the diary that I wrote during my gap year to tell you some stories about, you know, being drunk camping. But all the stories are quite dull. I, I don't remember a lot of what I've written in that diary. Like I think I said on a previous podcast. So 
I was definitely been drunk almost every night I've been camping, for sure, until recently. This has made me laugh. I've written here, coming to in a puddle at Glastonbury on day two of five. But I've read that as coming into a puddle. Ah. Oh. I've never come into a puddle. Oh. Um, I have come to in a puddle at Glastonbury. So, yeah, more, the second morning, so I got there on Wednesday because I was working there. And I woke up on Thursday. Literally, there is water in my tent. Oh, no. And I've got to be there till Sunday. God. So, yeah, that's not a good time. But, but you survived because of alcohol. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I managed to sleep throughout all of those nights. <laughs> not a lot of hours. but in a yeah. puddle. Um, I think it leads to a lot of poor decision making. Like, There's a lot. We'll, we'll talk more about the dangers in a second. But I've had some near misses. For example, one of those boondocking nights we did um, when we went across America, we slept on a beach. We didn't check the tide. Um, we, we got away with it, but we could easily have been swept away. Oh Our car was parked. The car could have gone in the ocean. Yeah. Um, so I made some bad decisions. I guess, yeah, when I ask myself why I drunk every time, it would be a combination of all the reasons we've just talked about. And the fact that I never saw anyone not drinking whilst camp- camping. Yeah. You know, it seemed to add fuel to like the deep, poignant conversations you could have when you're stargazing. Fuel, or the to, stories. fuel to the campfire. Fuel to the campfire. We'll yes. get into that. Yeah. But, you know, it seemed like if we're all a little bit off our rocker, then the songs that you sing around a campfire or the stories you tell are all better, which yeah, is yeah. not obviously true. It's funny. It's like that cafuddled brain. You just want to be around that campfire. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's having a few beers. You just imagine that ambience inside your brain. It seems to make it okay. Yeah. But I'm sure that experience would be much nicer if you were sober and just ab- absorbing that experience yeah. rather than flushing it out. Absolutely. It's bizarre how we both drank whilst camping and quite scary given the potential dangers of it, of course. Okay, so we're going to list a few of the dangers. First one that you just alluded to, getting drunk plus open fires. Not a great idea. Yeah, I I wonder how many injuries are people falling into fires. Yeah. There's got to be a lot, hasn't there? There's going to be a lot. Even the morning after, you spoke about the hot coals. I mean, even sparklers. We had sparklers at the weekend and Freddie burnt his fingers. He always brings sparklers camping. Well, not that they were drunk. The children weren't drunk. <laughs> Nor were you camping. No. <laughs> but sure. It's irrelevant. It's careful. A, watch out, kids. <laughs> sparklers are crazy. Yeah. Getting kicked out of campsites for being drunk and disorderly. You get fined and can't drive anywhere until you sober up so you're stuck. Yeah. One of the last times I camped, actually, we had some people next to us who were having a party till 5am. Everybody was complaining mm. like... Also, you don't really think about others when you're like that. There's probably families there who don't drink. And then you're part of this party, this rowdy shenanigans that's going on. It's very annoying for everybody else. Yeah, It's interesting how quickly we forget that you can hear everything through a tent. Yeah, so true. A lot of sex that you hear. Yeah. A lot of people's whispered conversations that travel across a campsite. Yeah. We forget, yeah. Children crying, all those sorts of things. Yeah, Yeah. lovely stuff. Um, drink driving the day you leave. That's a big danger. People tend to check Huge out danger. in the afternoon. And really, you wake up and drink camping quite often. Yeah. So the, the rules of like wait until midday, a skew if when you're camping. Yeah. So people drink driving that day they leave quite often, I reckon. Yep. And how it affects our sleep. Like that weekend, we probably haven't had enough sleep. We're going to be grumpy. Mm-hmm. We're going to have low. Um, what's the word? We're not going to be great at work for that week. It has so many repercussions, doesn't yeah. it? And the last one I want to mention is you get drunk, you're camping and you decide to either go for a late night swim or you just decide to explore the wild, go for a little walk off into the bush. <sighs> Never going to come back sometimes. Nah, a lot of trouble with those yep. two. 
Yeah, gosh, it's scary, isn't it? To think mm. about all the things we've done under the influence in cities, for yeah. example, like getting run over by a bus or like, you know, all the awful things people do, like falling downstairs or falling off balconies. It's a different ball game in the outback here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of horrible things that can get you at night and animals and traps Spark- sparklers. and sparklers. Yeah. yeah. God, it's a crazy world out there. It's a jungle. It's a jungle, Hamish. <laughs> For those of you listening to this who are a touch apprehensive about going camping while sober, you might be thinking, what can I do to prepare myself for the trip? Well, guess what, Hamish? There's plenty. There's plenty. There is plenty. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to talk you around to it in the next two minutes. Talk me into it. Talk me into it. So first and foremost, and we always say this, and I know it's a little bit dull to say, but it is true. Don't go until you feel confident enough in your sobriety because you will come face to face with booze, maybe even drugs. So make sure you're in a place where this will not be a trigger for you. Yeah, I would say camping when I have done it sober. I have, you know, tried to enjoy myself, but I'm one of those very annoying people that's very aware of people drinking around yeah. me because I'm sort of assessing it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested in it. And I'm sat there while you know, everyone else is enjoying themselves and sitting having a beer. I'm thinking, oh my God, are you having another one already? Yeah. I'm watching them traipse back and forth to the esky and thinking come on like just enjoy the day it's a lovely day the kids are playing in the water the sun's out just enjoy it so I get this real like oh come on stop that it's annoying so you need to find a group of sober friends to go with yeah or join me that's it come with us yeah come Come with us and be be annoyed about everything yeah yeah I also thought even better challenge would be going camping by yourself you know, oh, like yes. if you think all oh, my friends drink and I don't want to go camping with drinkers, but I don't know any non-drinkers and don't have like a sober community of friends, imagine going camping by yourself. That'd be yeah. quite interesting. Well, you could set, you could send me into alone, into That's the Canadian better. outback to Vancouver Island. Yes. Set me up. I'll have 10 items that I'm allowed to bring. Yeah. Limp balls, obviously. Without doubt. Pocket knife. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens, Hamish. That would be interesting TV. I would be on a stretcher on the way out within day yeah. within day two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Howling at the moon on my own <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah. Make yourself in charge of the food or the music or the games. Having jobs, Hamish. That's so I good. True. I tried and failed through this at Christmas. Um, but don't use me as an example. You guys are probably better than me. But yeah, no one wanted my cooking. Which is fair. Given Which is fact fair, given it your, your history. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And non-alcoholic <laughs> drinks, of course, Hamish, that's a good one. Be prepared with those. Absolutely. Fill the day. Okay, here are some things that you can do that are more interesting than sitting getting pissed. Okay, it's so like your version of TripAdvisor, this, yeah, is it? I'm not claiming that I've done all of these. Hamish's top 10. Hamish's top 10. I don't know if there's 10, but... I'm going to count just them. make it work. Number one. Bushwalks. <laughs> yep. Exploring. Swimming. Beach cricket or other beach games are available. Reading. Building the campfire. Was that six? That'll do. Top six. There's actually loads you could do camping. Even like creating games with kids. They're better at this than adults now. Um, so there's plenty to do. Bring a camera or binoculars. Now, so, wait, 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 wait. I've got a few about questions this. about this yeah, one. Yeah. So bring a camera, of course. Yes, bring a camera. <laughs> I know you're not really into bird watching or anything. So what are the binoculars for? So I googled like best things to do camping. And this was bring a camera, camera or binoculars. We try and fight the idea that sobriety is boring. And I'm not saying that bird watching is boring. No. But I guess bring binoculars is either bird watching or perving. Oh, perving, Long distance. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that that's what it was for, because so, I know you're not that interested in, in things with wings and beaks. No, I'm much more interested in perving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's lovely, Hamish. It's one of my new sober hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, perhaps maybe keep that to yourself in case you get arrested. Yeah. So if anybody sees someone hiding when they go camping in April and they see someone looking over a fence. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with an exciting snake poking between their legs. <laughs> it's not a red-bellied black. <laughs> Oh dear. Yes. Camping is about spending time with friends and family in nature. It's not about getting drunk. So just reinforce that when you go out for your first sober camping trip. Yes, and sober people, we know that. You know, we know that we can have fun. If you've been sober for a few months now, this is time to test yourself, the camping Mm. trip, because it's huge and it might feel like something you've never done before. But as we said on our out of the comfort zone, this is the only way you build up your confidence is by facing the things that you have never done before. And if that is camping sober, then so be it. That's it. We talked about in the past, that sense of accomplishment you get in in doing something for the first time that you never would have done sober before. Yeah. And that is like a huge self-rewarding, like pat on your back, feel good thing to do. And it builds a resilience as well, Hamish. Like it means that you can go on to do more and more and more. Just those one thing at a time, doing one thing every week or one thing every day that challenges you is the way that you're going to have a really, really strong and long sobriety. Now, Vic, when we did a little run through of this episode, during which, let's face it, it's pretty clear you hate camping. Yep. You told me something that surprised me a little. Well, yeah, actually... You're off camping. Yeah, I'm off camping. (laughs) Yep, I'm going camping, Hamish. Okay, tell us. So what I've done is I I do sober meetups on our cuppa community Mm -hmm. and everyone was like, oh, yeah, let's book a camping trip. I'd love to go camping. I was like, okay. So I've advertised it it's on may the 19th if anyone wants to come Mm -hmm. here in the sunshine coast um but they don't know but obviously they're going to now is that i will be there all day and i will be there i'll have cups of tea and i'll go for walks and i'll you know sit with my feet in the ocean but as soon as they're in bed home i'm the boom gates up that's it you need to learn what time the boom gate goes up i'm out do you bring a tent? Do you at least like put up a tent and pretend? I'm actually putting up my tent for them. I'm, I guess they think I'm going to sleep in it, but I because I've got one of those big bell tents because that was one attempt that I had at trying to camp oh, was to on. buy a ni- like a nice glamping mm. tent and a nice blow up mattress, but still that didn't work. So I'm going to put it up for other people, but I'm going to be out. So I, they're going to be disappointed because they come to go camping That's with it. me, and probably it'd be even funnier because they know I hate it. But actually, I'm going to be. It, it is five kilometres down the road. <laughs> so anyone anyone who's booked that hoping to have like midnight feasts with you and yeah. like, or like late night conversations is going to want a refund. Yeah. Or do you say, any? do you make an announcement? Hey, girl, it's girl, is it girls only? Girls only, Hey, yeah. girls, anyone sitting around here that fucking hates camping, come back to mine. Yeah. yeah. Just lay out all the beds here. Not an option. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, that is not an option. <laughs> Everyone's going to go and stay at their own homes. Yeah. Just an empty circle of tents. I'm available for a cuddle before bed. So if they want to have a little snuggle or maybe perhaps allow me to stroke their foreheads as they drift Ah. off. We're getting getting into the camping orgy section of the podcast. It's your your perviness. Actually, we're coming to the conclusion. This podcast is about me and Hamish's weird, weird camping fetishes. Don't tell me there's an all-girls camping trip going on when I've got my binoculars out. And I'm available for head stroking. Okay, we need to end this episode, um, not with that, but with some sort of quote. So I, <laughs> rather than quote, I do want to tell you my camping joke. Okay, excellent. Okay. Yep. So this is a joke. I'm not asking you this question. I'm only asking this question for the joke, 
don't answer this question. Oh, this okay. is an issue already. <laughs> okay, okay. You're having to explain the joke to me before you okay. started. This means it's going to be shit. Because well, I know you, you often speak before you think, and I think you're going to answer the question and tell okay. me something that not all of us need to know. Okay, go on. Okay, here's the question. Don't answer it. Okay. Have you ever had sex whilst camping? You can just answer no. No. It's fucking intense. Oh, good one. That was a good one, Hamish. Good, yeah. 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 I still had to answer. You are telling me not to answer, but then you told me to answer. Well, I said, well yeah, but I was going, oh, oh, yeah, there was Barry in Bogner. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. oh, I was going to come out with that whole story. That's what I was scared yeah, of about. Of course I have, Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a wigwam, I'm a teepee, I'm a wigwam, I'm a teepee. Don't know that one. What's that? I'm too intense. Oh, nice. Oh, it's something else. No. Similar. I might have to go it's back to that one. The sex no. one. Where am I, pun, Hamish? You've got a pun for us. Camping pun rather than a quote. Campers have s'more fun. Yeah, it was good. Uh-huh. Well, that was good. Uh-huh. A bad day camping is still better than a good day working. That's very cheesy. Yeah, you would not agree with that. I would not agree with that <laughs> at all. I'd rather work my ass off all day <laughs> in a pit, in a coal pit, <laughs> than go camping. Okay. At the end of the day, your feet should be dirty, your hair messy and your eyes sparkling. Yeah. I, mm. I really wanted you to read that one. Yeah, that is... Yeah, dirty feet, yes. <laughs> Hair messy, yes. Eyes as dead as a great white shark. Yeah, just looking off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, looking sad. Yeah. yeah. Is that Hamish of binoculars in an erection, I see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we will say at the end of this, guys, is what we drum into you every time is give camping a go, even though I hate it. I'm not like everyone. But also have boundaries and say no if you don't want to yes. go. I think that's important too. You can borrow Vic's rule of still going camping, still enjoying all of the good bits of camping without the sleeping and the showering. In, yes. In wild. Yeah, in the wild, yeah. Mm. Even the thought. Actually, Hamish, for my birthday, I got, guess what John got me? Okay, a tent, a blow-up mattress, no. a new wash bag, a new dressing gown. No, the wild, you reminded me, because remember, I love Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Oh. He pre-ordered the new Zelda game for me, which comes out in May. That was my birthday present. Oh my I was God. like, yes! And a deep fat fryer, which I'm not happy about. Yeah. He well, may as well ch- buy me a broom. <laughs> well, your children was like, yeah, so we get the new Zelda. Not, not playing with you guys. Yeah, it's not for it's you. you George was like, that's for you and me. I was like, no, 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 no. You're not having the controller, mate. This is mine. If... You, if I'd said to the 20 year old you in your 40s, you're going to get Zelda as a birthday present, <laughs> I just thought you were mad. Yeah. I was like, What's wrong with me? Sober, you see. Zelda and um, medieval festivals. <laughs> yeah, laughing. the picture, is it? Yeah, laughing. Maybe that's your birthday present next and year. And Scrabble. Instead of going camping for your birthday next year or the next couple meet up, we all go laughing. I, well, there's a festival. There's, there is a festival in Brisbane that happens where you all dress up in like medieval gear and everyone's dressed as Zelda. We're doing it. I'm in. Okay, that. right, that's it. We're doing it. Next challenge. Thanks for listening, everybody. And go camping, really do. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> if you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it?
Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, 
It wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. My teeny little wooden heart. Well, his teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs>